This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to analyst and researcher Tom Lord and he's going to be speaking to us about a new Greek anarchist militant group or amalgamation of militant groups uh, which roughly translated are called the Direct Action Cells, DAC. It's very interesting, they're newly formed, they're calling for other people uh, to carry out violence against the state and the police and they've already claimed 20 attacks including small IEDs. If you like what we're doing please do consider supporting us at patreon.com slash popular front. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about the recent developments of uh, Conspiracy of Cells Fire, the uh, anarcho-nihilist militant group in Greece. Uh, But there seems to have been uh, something different before we go into that. There seems to have been what you think might be uh, like uh, a new version of Conspiracy of Cells Fire, right? A new version of CCF. Um, I, I saw your report and it was very interesting. Uh, tell us about it. Who is this new militant group in Greece? So, so they they are they are. I wouldn't say that they are the successor to CCF, but they have a lot of similarities, and they are trying to achieve what C, what CCF did organizationally and broadly. That is, um, you know, C, CCF ultimately hoped to create a network of revolutionary violence under the same brand, using the same um, tactics and agreeing on a doctrine and uh, sort of uh, uh, ideological and uh, political uh, direction, right? So, uh, and they and they, they had international aspirations and they actually achieved that. I mean, Conspiracy of Cells of Fire, which we'll talk about later. I mean, they are still active in as far as from Indonesia to Chile, Argentina, and Mexico, though not so much in Greece. And we, we'll, we'll do an update on them later. So, this 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 new this new network that was announced on the fifteenth of May in a communication on a Greek anarchist website, and then it kind of made its rounds through various European uh, and Western anarchist websites. Birines Amesis Drasis. Our Greek friends will will beat me up for my shit pronunciation. That's fine, but they best 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 translation for them. Uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing with CCF. A bunch of like American dorks and. The dudes who don't speak good Greek were like, you know, had all these goofy names for them. So at first we, we were saying, all right, in nu- nuclei of immediate action. And somebody uh, in the anarch- anarchist community who does speak good Greek sorted us out. And they said, no, fools, direct action cells or nuclei of direct action. Pick what you'd like. But direct action cells seems to be the cleanest. DAC. Um, and and. Their hope, their hope is to create, as I said, a network of revolutionary violence. And so they actually said in their in their communique, um, announcing themselves, uh, they 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 it was a, it's a unique communique. But really quickly, they say, you know, in terms of their purpose, they say the organization of networks of revolutionary violence, or this is our purpose, which will cultivate the radicalization of sections of the revolutionary movement, will create direct action cells by propagandizing through deed, will strike with sharp force persons and structures in the authoritarian edifice based on wider plan of political destabilization, and will develop bonds of solidarity and mutual aid between them. Um, so 
in this communique, they not only announced themselves and they released a 60 page, uh, you know, I guess, I guess sort of plan of action. You can call it a manifesto if you'd like in Greek. Um, but it also, it was also a batch claim of 20 attacks that had been carried out starting on the 23rd of January. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, if you, if you wanted to get into differences between their capabilities, uh, and CCF, so we can, but right current, their current capabilities right now are not as sophisticated as the conspiracy cells of fire. Most of their attacks have consisted of um, improvised explosive devices that have been fashioned using gas canisters. Um, and I've been trying to work with a couple of, you know, arms dudes. And I, 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 this is not my specialty, but, you know, whether it's just like the little propane camping stove uh, canisters or whether they're actually taking um, propane bottles, um, how they're, you know, I haven't gotten a good picture of them. I have gotten plenty of photographs of the damage they cause, but um, they've been carrying out a lot of IED attacks on some pretty high profile targets. And then uh, some, you know, your 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 pretty garden variety Molotov cocktail attacks very uh, early um, in the morning. I just want to just to talk on that point you said about whether it's the gas camping stoves that you know that they've improvised into explosives or whether it's the actual like big gas canisters. Um, I will say the the gas canister stoves that the the anarchists in Greece have managed to turn into bombs. Uh, fucking powerful, man. Uh, I was with Conal Kiani, uh, cameraman. We were there like two years ago when they first started using these like en masse and they were throwing these stoves, uh, these gas stoves at the police. Very easy to pick up and throw. But honestly, the explosion was... I, it was like a low-level hand grenade. I'll be honest with you. Like the damage was very like on point. Like that could take your foot off. You know what I mean? It was quite... I don't want to say impressive, but like quite the ingenuity and the, the level of destruction from those small gas stoves is, is quite something, you know? Right. It, it, I mean, I, I don't want to cancel your, sh your show by sharing like, you know, terrorist trade craft, but I am curious, <laughs> were they, were they like, were they fuse lit or like, I don't know. Um, I, from, I mean, obviously that exploded by the time we saw any of them. Um, but from what I understand is that they've been improvised. So they change it so that, you know, the idea that you can't just blow up the gas stove, you know, they've removed the part of it, or I don't know, um, and they've managed to make it so that you can literally just light the thing. But again, I don't know. That's what I've been told, but I don't know. So so th they opened up with, so so there was a, you and I discussed in, in our, you know, in our, in our last discussion, we were talking about there, there is a real storm of political forces in Greece that are churning up not only uh, more action than we've seen on the streets since 2012, arguably, but also really churning up the underground. And we discussed like the brash of attacks that at the time you and I um, were discussing, we were like, yeah, there have been all these attacks that have been carried out since January through February. Maybe we, we had our conversation in March um, and we had a pretty good data set of about two dozen attacks um, and they are all claimed by different cell names. And you and I were theorizing, well, maybe this is just operational security and, and they're all related. What's interesting is that this in this claim, it, it, this claim revived all those cell names. So among these cells, and you and I were all discussing these, uh, you know, with some some amusement and, and trying to figure out what's going on. But um, for instance, among the cells that are part of the greater network, direct action cells or nuclei of direct action are cells of anarchist anti-violence, which that doesn't translate as, as well in, in English. It's like anti-state violence. 
um, organization of anarchist action, cell of anti-state anger, cell of revolutionary solidarity, and interestingly, uh, cell of Elizaveta Kovalskaya. Um, and so, so all, all of these groups, uh, you know, who are claiming these gas canister attacks that were using the same methodology and targeting the, you know, this, this, the same sort of state and uh, private targets, um, you know, they're, they're all related. Um, and so they opened up, you know, these related cells with two IED attacks, actually, using these gas canisters. And the first one on January 23rd was at the entrance of uh, the Institute for Economic and Industrial Research in uh, the Kukaki neighborhood of Athens, like just below the just below the, uh, the Acropolis. Um, and if you look at the front facade of the building, I mean, it just blew it apart. I mean, it was a really powerful blast. Um, and they carried about out about 10 more of these throughout Athens. And uh, a couple of them were on the homes of uh, really high level uh, police personnel. So the Hellenic police is a, um, you know, centrally controlled, you know, government controlled asset or uh, agency. Um, they're not locally controlled. So like, you know, they have generals and ranks like this. In fact, the highest rank you can attain in the Hellenic police is, is Lieutenant General. And so, they attacked a uh, the home of a lieutenant, a, a, a former uh, police lieutenant general, as well as an active brigadier general in the police. And I won't read the fellow's name, but the the reasons for attacking the police lieutenant general are really interesting. Um, if I, I'll read it really quickly, if you don't mind. They say uh, yeah, yeah. Officer X was probably the bloodiest MAT officer, and for the uninitiated, the MAT is Greece's standing riot force. They actually they're actually called the police for the reinstatement of order, but they're just, they're standing riot force. Um, and so they say, uh, Lieutenant General X was probably the bloodiest MAT officer trainer. From 1994 to 2008, he was on the front lines of the crackdown, being responsible for dozens of incidents of police violence against protesters. He continued his miserable career in high position with within the repressive mechanism, redeeming the fact that he was a leading and loyal mastiff of the state and capital. After he was demobilized from the police, he ran in the elections as a candidate for New Democracy, a uh, member of parliament. To this day, he writes nonstop, aligning himself with the far-right political agenda and reinforcing fascist perceptions within the repressive mechanisms. So he's also a uh, he's also an active political figure. So um, yeah, they firebombed his vehicle um, and just a lot of high-profile targets throughout Athens, and then ten more of the same variety in the Thessaloniki area, and I won't bore you by running down the list of all of them, but the most unique and really brazen was they hooked up two of these propane bottles. And I don't think these, they could have been the camping stoves. The way you describe them, they could have been, but um, there's a NATO base north of Thessaloniki, right near the border actually with the country of North Macedonia um, in Evzoni. And they actually detonated one of these IEDs right outside of uh, like military residences adjacent to the NATO base. Um, so they're starting to attack, you know, diplomatic and high level military targets, which is pretty so that's crazy. That's a big deal, deal actually. That, that's quite an escalation from, you know, Molotovs at dawn, if you like. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, it, you know, it's a good little drive. I mean, you know, they, they would have had to have the device in a vehicle, pack it in a good little 45, you know, hour, hour long drive, you know, through the night, set it up right, and get out of there. Right. That, that, that's a solid five years if the police catch you there. You know what I mean? Before you even set the thing off. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so far they've claimed 20 attacks. Um, I suspect, so this is really interesting. Actually, there was another attack of the exact same variety on the 17th of May. Um, they targeted the 
Goethe Institute, which is like Germany's federal cultural institute to, you know, try to uh, foster, uh, you know, uh, language education and relationship between Greece and, excuse me, Germany and other uh, countries. Um, they targeted the Goethe Institute in Thessaloniki with the same kind of IED, like, you know, blew the side facade off. A bunch of locals actually were like trying to put out the fire that, uh, you know, the building caught fire afterwards and they were trying to put it out until emergency crews got there and they haven't claimed it yet. Um, and I'm interested to see just from kind of an organizational perspective and an operational perspective, if it's to be claimed by a smaller cell who will, uh, you know, uh, align themselves with DAC, or if there's going to be a series of these attacks and DAC is just going to keep putting out batch claims for them. Like, I, I can't, I can't work out whether there were a lot of independent anarchist uh, groups who knew, one, or, you know, cells who knew one another and had the same methodology and tradecraft and they were hitting the same targets and, you know, via some sort of, conference they came together and decided to you know uh claim them all under the same umbrella or if that was all, always the plan you know it's it's that's not clear to me well, well this is where it gets confusing and potentially it's quite clever of them to do it like this so here's what i mean so so you know we know that ccf conspiracy of cells fire they have in the past carried out certain attacks and used a different name for whatever reasons we can all speculate maybe they you know it was a particularly heavy one there is some rumors that the you know the militants that killed uh you know executed the golden dawn guys with ccf so maybe they just chose a different name for that specific thing there's many different groups in greece militant anarchist groups that you hear of one attack and then you never hear of them again. It's clear that these people were already active. They chose a different name. Now I'm thinking, is it now then like all of these random different groups that were like you, you know, one time use groups were actually just the same group. And now the, the direct action sells this new group DAC, are they the umbrella for all of that? Or were there actually loads of different groups and now the DAC is bringing them together as one group? Do you see what I'm saying? I know that's complicated, but it's it's kind of, it's so fractured. It might be quite a clever way of them doing this to, you know, try and avoid the eyes or at least avoid the investigations of the cops. Yeah, it's the same conundrum I have. And, uh, you know, to... To create an umbrella group for for Greeks in particular, um, you know, poses some real operational concerns for them. Just in terms of the Greek penal code, they have this uh, uh, Article One Eight Seven A, which they've had since two thousand four. But since CCF, um, uh, Greek judges have been using it to themselves, like interpret evidence that's that's presented to them by the Greek police, and then charge people. Um, kind of broadly as as having membership to terrorist organizations. So, you know, there's an operational advantage and a legal advantage to not having a big umbrella group. However, the disadvantage is that, I mean, you know, with, with, with any guerrilla organization or any organization in general, having a consistent brand, you know, also also has its very clear advantages and being denied that is kind of problematic if, if you know, especially if you're part of a social movement. Yeah, um, I'm sure it'll become clear as people start getting arrested, which, you know, no doubt they will. Um, what, uh, what ideology have they had? You said there was this 60 page document. I get it, you know, the anarchist militants, but specifically what kind of stuff have they been saying? Uh, it's, it seems to be uh, post-left anarchism. Um, it has it has a very anti-civilizational flavor to it. Um, however, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know uh, 
left libertarian rhetoric in it that you know would also orient it i guess i guess uh with within the you know revolutionary radical left as well but it really seems to have um the post-left uh anti-civ flavor to it um anti-capitalist you know here really quickly i mean this is interesting they say yeah, give us an example maybe yeah if they're, if they're, so they're asking there's and i have a bit of a rough time with ideology myself but um so they say uh we created the direct action cells as tools of the struggle to raise once more the acts of war against state and capitalism we're an organizational association of revolutionary forces which also extends its hand to common struggle with every radical element that agrees with and embraces the political plan and framework we submit and operates on the principles of horizontal organization solidarity and mutual respect so i mean um, yeah, I, I would imagine that uh, the the sort of, you know, like I, I was mentioning their international aspirations, and I would imagine that aligned cells that you would find in countries like Chile or more, more prominently Colombia right now, which is having a lot of uh, direct action on the streets, would probably be um, of the chaotic variety, right? Post-left anarchists, anti-civ, anti-capitalist. One thing I find interesting about this as well, the especially CCF and the nihilist or post-left anarchist militant groups, a lot of them are they're less focused on this is the utopia and goal that we want to create at the end of this, and more focused on right now we must immediately attack system the state whatever xyz um do you think that that's something we're seeing in this with this new kind of communique that these people have put out yeah i mean they definitely they you know it, it, it's definitely an insurgent movement um and and they i think they see from you know not just 2020 has been a you know it was, it was a unique year for everybody with the pandemic but politically a lot of the a lot of the things a lot of the a lot of the forces that are coming together in Greece have just created a really high mass mobilization on the streets. Like I said, you have the same thing in several countries in Latin America. Of course, you had that in the United States and the West, and it persists. And I think they just see a great opportunity to get a lot of solidarity capital and kind of unite a lot of the uh, militant anger and frustration with you know our current society. I mean, there's a lot of that going on. And so the idea is that Ideologically, I think there's an advantage to it being somewhat loose because anybody who torches a cop car from Atlanta to Ankara, right, could have their own various reasons for it, yet still, you know, claim it under the same banner. Right. So, yeah. So this is more of what they're saying is go out and commit these attacks if you kind of have the same ideas as us and do it under the name of, you know, the direct action cells. Yeah, and with within anarchism as well, they say, okay, th this is interesting too. So, so they, they feel like within Greece they have lost their edge. Um, they like one of the reasons they 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 said they're forming in Greece specifically was like to to be like visibly dangerous again. Um, it's, they don't mention CCF at least not that I saw, but since CCF, it's clear that they feel that they that the underground in Greece has um, you know lost its way or even you know kind of fluttered out. Um, so. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, th I think I think they're, I th I, you know, I think they're trying to bring that level of underground struggle back again. You know, they're not, 
again, they don't have the sophistication. We haven't seen any like bank robberies or, um, mm. you know, they haven't fired any rockets at anyone or anything like that yet. But um, right. Because normally, well, not normally, but we, we have seen this in the past where anarchist groups are like, yeah, we're going to reassemble. And it's, you know, oh, it's a load of Molotovs again in Exarchia. Like there's nothing new about that. However, like as you as you pointed out at the start, these lot have actually carried out some really quite heavy and daring attacks, attacks that could very easily kill if the person is in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Um, so I guess I guess my question is how how serious do you think this group is? You follow all of this very closely, you know, I know I know you're very knowledgeable about all this. How serious do you think this group is? Well, I I, th I think they're really serious. And here's another, you know, an interesting thing about the communique is um you know, it, it's 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 really trying to uh, fortify the constitution of a lot of individuals who are considering underground action. Um, you know, there's a lot of mention about like, hey, this is the path forward and it's going to lead to either prison or your death. But you have to commit to this. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of that in, in there. Um, in, in terms of their capabilities, this is where I have, you know, limitations because, you know, they they. They, they will they'll develop a pattern of these attacks using uh, these these kind of IEDs and Molotovs and it'll be fairly consistent. But then you'll hear of a, like a really crazy bank robbery in northern Greece or, um, you know, someone will get found, you know, someone will have a couple of kilos of gelatin dynamite on them. And, you know, there's just there's so much loose explosives and small arms in Greece that I think. You know, I mean, they they probably already have a couple of you know a few of these cells probably already have a couple of stash houses with what they would call tools of the struggle, which involve a couple of firearms, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, interesting thing too, organizationally, is they you know whenever they have something like that, um, you know, that capability or that asset, they always have to come together on what the target is going to be, and it's fairly significant, and then they agree on an action. Um, so I guess, you know, we're just kind of sitting back and, and watching for the escalation. Right, and there's no indication that there's like, uh, I don't know, a general command or anything like that. I mean, obviously, they're anarchists, but um, the Greek ones are usually actually quite well organized. Um, do you think this is just like more spontaneous or what? That is fascinating, right? Yes. Yeah, so, no, they're insistent upon horizontal organization. Mm. Um, and they even, it's interesting too, they, they not only appeal to, uh, you know, people to form cells and agree on localized actions under the DAC banner, the direct action cells banner, but they also encourage individual actions. So, you know, that could be a person out in Portland to just, like I said, wanted to go torch an ice vehicle or something like that and be like, yeah, this is in solidarity with direct action uh, cells. So, yeah, I, but you're right. Within the Greeks, there usually is like a, you know, a ringleader, a couple of prominent personalities, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, at least a person with um, leader qualities within a personality that can actually, you know, get people motivated and move them forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. When we think of like kind of, you know, the, the Gen X or age uh, 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 revolutionary anarchist group, revolutionary struggle, even though they're horizontally organized, we always think of Paul Arupa and uh, right. The other fellow. Right. So, um, yep. Uh, yes. So I'd imagine there are there are a couple of uh, I'd imagine there, there are a couple of, of ringleaders. Um, I'm not sure. But um, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I you know, I also. 
if I, I don't know very much about Greek police methods, but you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know where to start looking. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of intelligence gathered on, you know, who's a part of these circles and things like this, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's very diffuse. I mean, these cells could be as small as two to three people. Some you used to get videos in the mid two thousands, um, even up until fairly recently, of an action. So, um, and you know, maybe they still come out I, and I just haven't been, you know, on the right Facebook pages, but it would show like three people and they would, you know, Molotov a vehicle at three o'clock in the morning and they dip out and they'd claim it. And so, you know, these cells are probably fairly small. Um, so I couldn't even estimate how many people belong to the organization. Right. But they've released images, right? There's some, uh, there's some photos of the damage that they caused specifically at the, um, uh, Hellenic American union offices, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And the Goethe Institute. Um, and then um, also they, they hit a building. Uh, they, they released an image of they, they, they set an ID, IED outside of a building that had not only had government tax offices, but it also had the uh, Athens uh, University of uh, Economics and Business uh, offices there. So, um, yeah, they, they've released photographs of them on, on their sites and they get published elsewhere. Yeah, one thing I will say, not not to tempt fate at all, I'm not advocating for violence in any way here, but one thing I will say though is that I've noticed that the, the DAC's um, targets, they're not as risky or as extreme as like CCFs were before everyone got arrested. Like CCF were outright trying to kill, shooting people in the legs, launching fucking rockets. You know what I mean? They were very, very um, hardcore. Now, DAC, they seem to be well organized in terms of, you know, multiple attacks from, and, and there are, like you said, there's bombs and IEDs, but they're not, you know, it doesn't look like they're anywhere near on the scale of conspiracy of cells fire. I think 2003, New Year's Eve or New Year, the CCF first did their first attacks, I think it was, and they burned down like so many um, luxury car stores, you know, shops, like fucking like 10 of them or something like that. They just burned them to the ground. Um, you know, it was quite a big kind of landing, if you like. This doesn't quite have the same, you know, um, I don't know have the same impact if you like you know from what they're doing well that's that's interesting though i mean i guess i guess there is kind of yes like what, what i think it was uh january february 2011 you're right there was just like attacks on all these car parks and they were fairly unsophisticated but it was a brash of attacks and it was claimed by ccf and that's kind of you know in terms of a batch claim that's kind of what we have going on here and then i mean conspiracy sells a fire upped their game so quickly. I mean, it wasn't long after that until they, you know, they had Kalashnikovs and were, you know, started a parcel bombing campaign attacking uh, major heads of Europeans, uh, 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 European states, right? Yeah, yeah, actually, I forgot about that. Yeah, as well, and fucking Project Nemesis or whatever it was, where they were delivering acid and chemicals and letter bombs all over the shop. Yeah, that was, yeah, I forgot about all that. It was quite serious. Um, So you're saying, uh, we said at the start briefly, you were saying uh, that Conspiracy of Cells Fire, um, Popular Front's favourite <laughs> Greek militant group, not favourite because we like them, just a very interesting group, Um. They, they're kind of, they've been out, right? A few of them got out of prison. Another one has been arrested. There's some news. What's been happening? Yes, well, I, mean, I guess I have the rare opportunity to make a correction of the very first time I, I came on. So I, I should have known this. Two of these fellows got out in 2017, fairly quietly, actually. Um, but huh. so anyone who's, who's followed Conspiracy Cells of Fire will remember in 
2013, um, there was a bank robbery in this northern Greek town of Kozani. Four people were arrested. And the photographs, were, like no one will forget it if, if they're an observer of Greece. So you saw this, this kid with this really iconic face. I say kid. He's a 21-year-old dude. Um, you know, he's like one of our peers. But he had, after we got the, the photographs that weren't shot by the Hellenic police, this kid was like being hauled away in cuffs in a ballistic vest. And it looked like he had been hit in the face with a rifle butt. I mean, it was rough. And then his three counterparts all looked really badly beaten up too. They had clearly been tortured by the Hellenic police. Um, and so they were, they're in the middle of what anarchists call a bank expropriation. Um, <laughs> also known as a bank robbery. I should right. Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That always cracks me up. Uh, and, and so the, the, the four individuals, um, the, the fellow who had who looked like he had had his face bashed in with a rifle, butt, that was Nikos Romanos. And he was actually the best friend of Alexis Grigoropoulos. And on the day that, Alexis Grigolopoulos was shot and killed by uh, police officer Korkonias in the Exarchia neighborhood. He was a 15-year-old kid. He and his friends got into an altercation with these members of the Special Guard in the Exarchia neighborhood of Athens. And Officer Korkonias, who was known to be a hothead, he was called Rambo, pulled his service weapon and he shot and killed this 15-year-old kid. And the kid that held Alexis Grigolopoulos as he died, and I, I don't mean to be insensitive or like romanticize this or ghoulish about it, but you know, the, his best mate was Nikos Romanos and a central figure of CCF. And so he was he was the young fellow who had, uh, you know, on that day been captured in the Kozani robbery. And his his three counterparts, um, Dimitris Politis, um, Andreas Burzukos, and Yanis Michalidis. And Yanis Michalidis is also known to the show as the Syntagma Archer, who during the pitch of uh, uh, mass mobilization in the streets during the austerity riots against the Samaras government uh, in 2011 was seen with a recurve bow, first firing at parliament and then firing shafts at police officers. Um, and so these four these four figures were caught by police for the Kozani uh, robbery and then um, sent to Korydalos, I believe, and then might have been split up among different prisons. I know a few of them ended up in uh, agricultural prisons, but Nikos Romanos ended up going on hunger strike uh, in 2014, not long after being arrested. There was there was a lot of Greeks out in the streets for him. And then after six years of serving his sentence um, for arcane reasons that are unknown to me, you know, the Greek legal system is what it is. Um, uh, he, he, was, he was released. He had served his time. And so um, he's actually... I, I couldn't give you an update on the dude. He's actually written some some really interesting uh, work, actually. He has a piece that people can find on uh, anarchia.net, their library, and it's called The Case of Individual Terrorists by Nikos Romanos. I really recommend giving it a read, and even better. How do you spell that? How do you spell that website for people that are going to look for it? Uh, yeah, A-N-A-R-H-I-J-A.net. Yep. You can also find a link to it. If you go to Crime Think, uh, they did a um, they did an interview with him. It's called Putting Ideals on Trial, the Greek State's Laboratory of Repression, an interview with Nikos Romanos, imprisoned anarchist. And that was just before he got out in July 2019. Um, and it's fascinating. It's, you know, anyone who's into this kind of thing, especially, you know, particularly to the Greek legal system, give it a read. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, so, uh, he is out. And then, like I said, uh, Dimitris Politis, th that poor fellow, 
that was the absolute worst Photoshop. If you go to my Twitter, you can see just how badly the, you know, it's pretty recent, it's near the top of the timeline. You can see just how badly the Greek police's Photoshop of like this kid's beating was. It's, it's ridiculous. Right, they like smashed up his neck and then used basically MS Paint to fucking cover it up in the mugshot. <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing him too much justice by even saying Photoshop. Yeah, right? it's it terrible, painful. yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, and I haven't heard uh, anything about him. Andreas Burzikos, um, in terms of torture, like that guy's face was just swollen like a pumpkin it was bad they, they beat the hell out of that poor dude um so uh, that's you know that is how things go in in greece uh, uh so those three are out and then our you know the our friend uh, the syntagma archer he had actually escaped from a agricultural prison and we discussed this last time and he was on the land for quite a while and uh sorry tom maybe maybe just explain uh who that guy is because there's a lot of people that wouldn't will not have heard the previous episodes we've done talking about these groups yeah so uh yanis michaelidis he is he is i think the fourth you know i, I think he and nikos romanos like the two most famous members of ccf just from their actions and like they've been wild and greek anarchists and greek militant leftists are damn good at prison escapes and even you know yeah. even these like yeah. these little farm these farm prisons or a maximum security it doesn't matter they are about it so uh he was he was serving a sentence for uh you know he was he was, he was alleged uh having membership to conspiracy cells of fire which is recognized by the department of state as a terrorist group i mean that's how serious they are mm. um and so so uh um yeah so he was he was serving his time um he managed to escape from this this agricultural prison and then he had hooked up with other anarchists who are not alleged by the greek state to be members of conspiracy cells of fire they're just other anarchists and they had been um conducting actions together and he and two female comrades uh, expropriated a bank robbed a bank and they netted 150 uh k uh euros um got out of there and then they got they got captured in a vehicle they were driving a little toyota hatchback um uh, and he had a Kalashnikov on him that he had modified himself. He had put his own stock on it, um, a submachine gun, a couple of handguns, um, uh, handheld radios, uh, uh, disguises. They had a lot of crazy kit. Um, and then I think they raided the safe house where he had been storing other, uh, quote, tools of the revolution um, and uh, interrogated a couple other people. So. That's that's Yanis Michalidis, and as as we discussed, he's, he's he's also known he's better known as the Syntagma Archer. He his father is actually a and I, I don't want to discuss the personal details of people's families because that's ghoulish. But his father's a well known um, a well known composer in Greece, actually an artist. Um, and he's all, all of these these four individuals we discussed are like really well educated. They all like got academic awards as as young students and like really promising. I think Yanis Mikalidis was actually awarded a laptop by the Ministry of Education, like the minister herself um, at the time because of his, his accolades as a student was a really smart dude and was known to be a hobby uh, or, you know, recreational marksman and archer. And so, um, yeah, he's iconically seen in 2011 during the pitch of, of Greek protests um, there in Syntagma Square, which is, stands for Constitution Square, firing his, you know, he's wearing a gas mask and a woolly hat, and uh, he's, he's got his recurve bow, and he's firing at the police. Um, and so anyways, uh, yes, so that he, they carried out that action. He and his two female comrades, they were arrested, um, and he is currently in prison, and he had a... Uh, May 31st court date, but it's been pushed back to the 10th of May, or excuse me, the 10th of June. Um, and he recently released a pretty short 
communique, which people can read uh, uh, on various, you know, indie media or various, you know, various anarchist websites. It's it's been it's been posted several places. No blogs, uh, places like that. So, um, yeah, he released a little communique, um, and I have tremendous respect for this guy. And right, we're not like you know, I'm not we're not in the business of endorsing terrorist action or, or guerrilla actions or anything like that, but. In terms of just you know basic uh, you know basic honor or whatever he is he's he's trying to assume all of the charges he's assuming all responsibility for the weapons as well as for the uh, the robbery they committed and uh, you know the big thrust of his communique is trying to you know get his, his other two female comrades exonerated and take all the heat uh, you know take the responsibility upon himself. Wow, yeah, that's quite something. And he's like you know he's not. Uh... He could quite easily probably get quite a fancy lawyer and that via his family and that, but this guy's like, nah, I'm gonna, gonna firm it and go like that. Um, and you, uh, you were saying that uh, one of them, the guy that got rearrested, right? Yes, yeah, that's the archer. He's the, he's a fellow who got rearrested. Oh right, so he got sorry, right, right. So he, so, <laughs> so he got out and then robbed the bank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. So, so he 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 got he got he got arrested in the Kozani robbery in 2014 with the other four fellows and been charged already as a terrorist member. Uh, he, he broke out, was on the land for quite a while, and then they somehow armed themselves up again. And here's you know for for the for the nascent underground that are the direct action cells. You're not going to have a hard time getting a gun in Greece and then you know deciding as a cell what to do with it. So. So yeah, uh, he he armed up and was well armed actually. Um, if you if you search Yanis Michalidis, you can see you know the, the, all the <sighs> Greek police love to post Ganima, right? They're spoils of war. Whenever right. they capture neat stuff, they love to photograph it. And you know, anyways, I guess police around the world love to do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can see all the kid he was caught with. It was really wild. And, yeah, he was out there carrying on the revolution all on his own, man, not necessarily even under the uh, CCF banner. But his three mates are out and presumably f- living fairly normal lives. I mean, I think they are all s- probably still fairly committed to their politics. But who knows? People change and um, prison can be rough. But, I, I mean, they had a lot of solidarity in prison. So, you know, they, they probably stuck 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 with the path but yeah uh mr michaelis uh friendly archer that that dude's probably pretty fucked i guess we'll see his sentencing on the 10th of june wow yeah very interesting and you know one thing i will say about the the greek anarchists specifically out of anywhere else in europe their their ability to organize and reorganize and reorganize like it's actually quite incredible like not saying it's good or bad or whatever it's just their ability to do it like you said they always no matter how many times they seem to go to prison get caught get shot get killed they either manage to escape prison get new machine guns rob another bank like it's it's mad man i guess that's what comes with the dedication i guess to this to this ideology I'm not, I'm not, I guess I'm not doing this to, to increase my own prospects of having, you know, more, more work to do. I, I genuinely see this as a product of whatever my analysis is worth, but Greece is coming to a head. And so, yeah. and, and yeah. we mentioned it before and I'll be brief about it, but there's this really interesting figure who is the current um, uh, minister of, of protection and order. It's, it's basically their, you know, their justice minister. It's like our, um, you know, attorney general. And his name is uh, Michaelis Chrysohidis. And he, he's known for, he used to be part of the uh, uh, 
socialist, uh, uh, you know, PASOK party. He is known for putting away the most high profile Greek terrorists in the country, for, starting with the 17 November and then the members of Revolutionary Struggle. And he was brought over to the right wing New Democracy Party to, to be the uh, Minister of Protection Order in order to and this is I'm using the language of new democracies policy, but that is to clean up the lawlessness in Greece. And it's so crazy. So there, there are there are several there are several major like sweeping reforms that new democracy wants to make to Greek society. And a part of that is they, they want to just get rid of the anarchist element entirely. And what's so interesting is that despite Chrysohidis' uh, success against, you know, small terrorist cells, it's actually further entrenching anarchists as a part of the permanent political fabric of Greece. And so these, these efforts have been um, to raid squats, and they have successfully raided and evicted squats that have been around for as long as 14 years throughout mainland Greece, as well as on the island of Crete. And most recently, police in, in Athens, in the Syria neighborhood, um, they, they closed down this squatted theater. It was a theater that had fallen into disrepair, and it was part of the uh, Ministry of Culture. It was a Ministry of Culture building. It had fallen into disrepair. And so a collective of artists and theater folks got together and they revived it and they made it this awesome self-managed cultural space. You've actually spoken about this place on an episode with Molly Krabappel, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's dope. It's, it's, a re, it's Ambrose theater. Um, and so the police sealed it off with, you know, a bunch of cinder block and they cordoned off the street. And then at night, like a crush of hundreds of people showed up outside, all of them with sledgehammers, they knocked down the block and it's, it's your blocks and it's since been reopened. But What's what's really going to come to a head, and this this is just I mean, so you've had that you had the Kufodinas hunger strike, who was the key figure of 17 November, and he went on hunger strike because he was protesting a prison transfer. That's mobilized people. You have the underground revive, but what's really when shit is really going to hit the fan in Greece, and it's already happened. So yesterday there were a couple of there was a survey crew in the neighborhood of Exarchia, which for those who don't know, it's a famed neighborhood. It's a you know very bohemian neighborhood, artist neighborhood, great place in the center of Athens. And it is a haven for anarchists, the far left and various anti-authoritarian elements. Not a, most of them, not militant, you know, just, just doing their thing. Um, so the survey crew was there and they got chased out. And I, you know, I think they had to hightail it. Like they were probably in fear for, you know, getting, getting roughed up and they, they were there to uh, start doing survey work for to lay groundwork for the planned metro station that's just going to rip up through the center of this beautiful square. And like Exarchia is such a place where, uh, you know, like Navarino Park and these places like where, where the community has come together to like tear down whole car parks and structures like this, you know, metropolitan structures to, like build you know, beautiful parks that actually hold like gardens and, you know, recreational areas for children. And, you know, they, they don't like this kind of thing. They, they, they don't, they don't want a Metro station and that is going to be, you know, I, I think, I think that's where it's all really going to come to head of all the issues and all the battle. And, you know, it's, it's clearly an ongoing campaign between the state, between new democracy with, you know, the, the general of this campaign against against the anarchist being Chrysohidis. He's also trying to take on organized crime, by the way. He's just, they've just started a brand new unit because uh, there's been a rash of shootings across Greece involving their mafia. But um, 
you know, they, they created a brand new unit within the Hellenic police to now police university campuses. Um, police have not been allowed on Greek campuses since 1974, because in 1973, they, well, it's 1975, because in 1973, uh, under the fascist right-wing junta, they massacred uh, two dozen students um, during an uprising uh, on a university campus in Athens, the Polytechnic. So, so yeah, this is, this is the battle and, you know, this is, this is kind of the order of it. Um, and I think the Exarchia fight is where it's really going to come to a head and it'll be interesting because they're not going to give up that space easily. Yeah. Um, it, you know, as we spoke about when we last did an episode about Greece, um, it's really fertile ground right now for militant action, considering the history of Greece and the current situation um, and I, I think even last time we were saying, like, surely there will be another group. And now it's here, direct action sales, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to know who makes this up because a lot of the, the interesting thing about CCF is that they, they were young. They were in their early 20s and they just developed the capability very rapidly and they were pissed off. I mean, not only had their friend been shot, but their, you know, the death of their friend and their confrontation with police, you know, that is of the formative members is what like just kicked off this explosion of, of uprisings that have been ebbing, ebbing and flowing uh, in Greece for the 21st century. Um, and, and they just, you know, they got to it uh, prior to conspiracy cells of fire, all of the Greek uh, guerrillas that had, had a capability, you know, they were much more mature. I mean, revolutionary struggle, they're, they're like all in their forties um, and were by the time they were firing RPGs at the U S embassy. So uh, uh, that'll, that'll be interesting. You know, I, I think, I think DAC is a young crowd and um, again, you know, I'm not trying to be ghoulish or encourage violence, but it'll be interesting, you know, as a, as an analyst, it'll be interesting to see how they develop that and see if they get beyond their current methodology. Yeah, no, again, uh, same, me as well. Like When I get, like, not excited, but, like, animated maybe about these groups, it's just because as a, as a reporter covering war and conflict and specifically irregular warfare, guerrilla warfare, street, urban combat, whatever, it, it just really fucking interests me in how well-organized or, you know, how, how they're managing to keep coming back. So, yeah, no, agreed. We're definitely not advocating violence. We're not saying it's good. We're not saying it's bad. It just is what it is. Um, is there anything else you want to say uh, about this group, mate? Before we wrap this one up. No, man. I, I'm 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 pretty much set. What I will be interested to see is uh, how quickly, and I'm pretty confident that they will, how quickly they achieve their international aspirations. Um, like you know, like we said, like you still see actions claimed by. I, I still see you know, we you and I still see actions claimed by conspiracy cells of fire in Indonesia for Christ's sake, and they're fairly serious. They're like on army checkpoints and things, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I will be interested to see if in like Colombia, for instance, which is, which is, you know, roiling. Um, I, I, I think Malaysia is probably beyond the point of messing around with little anarchist outfits and they're just finding established guerrilla groups. So that maybe not that, but you know, um, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, in France or Italy, um, you start seeing, or Germany, lots of potential in Germany for there to be attacks uh, under a cell that is aligning themselves with the DAC. In fact, I think a lot of the folks who do some of the best um, translation of the Greek uh, 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 communiques, Greek anarchist communiques into English are actually uh, German comrades. Right, right. Yeah, no, actually, we should mention that quickly. Um, CCF has basically kind of, uh, they've outsourced, if you like, or franchised into different countries, just into this kind of whole post-left militant uh, mix. How successful has that been? Uh, 
It's been really successful, and they also have an Italian counterpart, FAI. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, they they were the guys that shot that um like nuclear um or like power guy in the knees. Uh, like this is when I first ever started writing about them, and yeah, it was like CCF FAI, like a kind of joint thing. FAI is fucking is is crazy, and a lot of work could be done on the. Um, kind of unspoken nexus between Greek and Italian anarchists, particularly CCF, FAI. And I have now seen international brands of FAI in uh, South America as well, and Latin, you know, throughout Latin America as well. So um, there's they're still rolling as, as far as I know. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll get uh, a, a, a very serious FAI, uh, you know, attack or, you know, action will come up. Um, not irregularly, and this is a whole different, uh, you know, rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. But God, a really fascinating country in terms of its street militant scene is Italy, and has been since like the fifties or sixties. Not only do they have very robust far left and post left militant movements that are about it, but they also have a crazy universe of neo fascist groups that are really active on the street yeah. um, and clash all the time. Uh, so yeah, CCF and FAI are still still rolling um, throughout the world. Just I haven't seen a CCF uh, attack claimed in Greece for quite a while, um, and even Yanis Mikalidis, I don't think his most recent actions, probably for legal reasons, uh, which is smart, but maybe just because the group has been dissolved, or or you know he's trying not to bring any heat on old comrades. But even his last actions weren't claimed under the name of CCF. So um, unless I'm mistaken, and somebody might end up correcting us on that. Yeah, man. Um, okay, mate. Thank you very much. That's been really informative as usual. Um, tell people where they can see your work. You know, mention about your newsletter, your Twitter. I've been really enjoying the newsletter, man. I, I subscribed. I've been reading everything you put out there. And I appreciate that, man. I'll try to keep it fairly regular. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, uh, that's the best place to see a collection of all my my garbage. I am uh, at Potemkin Brain or the space wannabe wonk. Um, I have a sub stack that's, that's linked on there. And then I publish a couple of articles uh, online and then trying to get into some, some journals. But yeah, any, any, anything that I put out, you can find on Substack, the Space Wannabe Wonk or uh, at Potemkin Brain on Twitter. Hey, thanks a lot, man. It was, it was fun as always. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Cheers. This is a random one, but uh, if anyone um, can help me try and do some kind of doc documentary with um, these more militant anarchists, in Greece, uh, hit me up at hanrahan at protonmail.com H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N at protonmail.com I've been trying for years, it's very difficult um, you know, I got very close uh, with doing it and then a lot of people ended up getting arrested and sent to prison not because of me, because of, you know, their antics um, so yeah if anyone can help me out, I'm still on a mission to get that documentary made one day for Popular Front. Um, but anyway, that was Tom Lord talking to us about the direct action units. Um, this new supposed cell of militant post-left anarchists uh, in Greece. Very interesting. Definitely check Tom Lord out. He's doing a lot of really interesting work um, on the Greek street politics militant scene that a lot of people are just not covering. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider subscribing to our Patreon for loads of bonus stuff. That is patreon.com slash popularfront. 
for the price of like one pint a month you get bonus episodes you get to support popular front the more we make there the more we produce um ask anybody on the patreon they'll tell you that much is true there's a lot of hard work going on here uh, this episode was sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee business selling only fair trade products. See them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue, 97239. The episode was also sponsored by Grindcore House, a pair of independent coffee shops in Philadelphia, USA, one in South, one in West. Find them on social media at Grindcore House. The episode is also sponsored by Propagandopolis, an outlet selling and writing about historical conflict propaganda from around the world, various different wars. It's very interesting, very cool prints. Buy prints at propagandopolis.com. Use the promo code popularfront10 for 10% off. Follow us on social media, Instagram at popular.front, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash popularfront. I guess that's not really social media, is it? But yeah, watch our docs there. Um, Twitter at PopularFrontCO. My Twitter at Jake underscore Hanrahan. H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Go and tell me how much you hate and despise me there. That seems to be um, quite constant. Very boring behavior, but there you go. Uh, go to our website, PopularFront.co. Not .com. A lot of people saying it's not there. No. .co. I've said it a hundred times, www.popularfront.co. It's basically a landing page. You'll find what we're all about. You'll see all of our links, everything. Again, please do consider supporting us. Patreon.com slash popularfront or uh, popularfront.co slash support. There's different ways of doing it there. Uh, the music in this episode, the intro was by an artist called Home and the outro is by Sam Black. You can listen to Sam Black's music at uh, samblackpf.com. Thank you to the higher tier Patreons. They are the following. Thumper, Lisa Milgram, Lapita Valez, Bradley Davies, Laura RX, happy birthday, A. Nicole, Manny, Travis Lieberman, Cherry, Ben Marshall, Dallas Dunn, LD50 Seattle, MJ, K Glitter Vulcan, Meredith Waters, Bethany Swoveland, C. O'Donnell, Adam H, Larson8669, Karante, Bjorn Kirsten, Diamondstein, Jacob, Michael O'Connor, Zach Packard, Todd Cravens, Alexander, Nicholas Butter, Ron Swanson, JD, Jav, Ian Froes, James Cully, Michael Akakan, Ethan, Fitz Madrid, Ed Coulthard, Johnny LaFleur, Clayton Taylor, Max Barone, uh, Ben, Liam Williams, Chris Cusimano, Degenerate Zero Alpha, Giorgio Arani, DR, Trey Nance, Amy R, Rubicon, Frank Austin, Amelia Me, Nawaiz, Christina Rivetti, Freya Northman, Ali Hunter, Moody Al Rashid, Bill Wilson, Andrew Hurley, Vida Provost, Brian McLaughlin, Tom Lochrin, Young Wasabi, Tony Bin, Adam Bergsnyder, JL, Sebastian, Stephen Davila, Anthony Kabarak, Dan Dunham, Fletcher Tate, Chad Walker, Diana Govanek, Lawrence Abrahams, Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did, Emily Molly, 
Axel Iverson, Christopher Martin, Ryan Sandercock, and uh, Moritz Zumbul. Thank you all so much. Without you, as I always say, honest to God, this would fall to bits. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate all the support. If there's anything you want to see from Popular Front and you're in that high tier uh, Patreon category, please do DM me on the Patreon. Um, much appreciated. Anyway, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash popular front.